We begin the Gemara today about 10 lines from the bottom of the Amud and Daf Yud Aleph Amud Beis, the first wide line. The Gemara before brought the Sibaya that we're about to learn now, and here the Gemara will bring the Sibaya again in the name of Rabbi Yechinen. Rabbi Yechinen asked the question that we asked before here in the Gemara. A person that gets remarried to a wife that he divorced after she got married to someone else. So he's not allowed to get remarried to her. And he got married to her. The question is, what's going to be with the tzara of this wife? Is there a yibum for the tzara of this wife? So the question is being asked according to the opinion of the Chachamim, which the Gemara explained before. They say that there is no Lashen Tumma in the Pasik that's used regarding Machzeg Rishasai. And therefore, only in a case where we find the Lashen Tumma, which is a Lashen used also by Erve, could we say that there'll be no Yibum not for her and not for the Tzara as well. But according to the Chachamim, the language in the Pasik, Achrei Asher Hutama, is not talking about Machzeg Rishasai. Therefore, we have this question here. <coughs> Why don't you ask the question about this woman herself that he, re, that he went and remarried, the Grusha that he remarried and he wasn't allowed to, whether there's any Yibum for her herself? So the Gemara says, no, that's not a question. Regarding this woman herself, I have no question. Even though the, the, the Tatis Lashon of Tumma, according to the Rabbanon, does not refer to this woman, but nevertheless, regarding her herself, I have no question. Why? Damrinon, because what I say is, Kavachaymer, there's a following Kavachaymer. Again, Damrinon, Kavachaymer, Bemutala, Asura, if for someone that was Mutta for her, her husband, her original husband that divorced her, and now she got remarried. So she was Mutta to him, but now because she got remarried, she becomes Asa to him. Asura, she's Asur, or the Bach is Gairis Nasra, she becomes Asa to him. But Asurla, to her husband's brother, that generally is a person that she would be Asa to get married to because she's an Aishas Ach. Like Kalshikin, most definitely they will say that it'll be Asa for her to get married to her husband's brother. So therefore, regarding the the this woman herself, there's certainly no question that there's no yibum for her. However, when is there my question? What's the halacha with the tzara? Regarding the second wife of this machzegrushasai, is there also no yibum for her? Or maybe there is. What's the question? Is this Kavachaymer that we just said strong enough to tell us that not only is this woman herself not in the mitzvah of Yibum, but there's no mitzvah of Yibum here at all, not even for the other wife as well? Or the Kavachaymer is not strong enough to say that there's no mitzvah of Yibum even for the other wife. So this is one version of the Yibaya, the way Rabbi Yechelen asked it. Now the Gemara brings another version. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak Masni Hachi. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak learned the that learned as follows: that Omer Abchiyah Barabe, Abchiyah Barabe said that Boy Rav Yechenen. Rav Yechenen asked the question: Hamachze Grushase Mishenisis Mahu. He did ask the question regarding this woman herself that he divorced and got remarried to her after she was married to someone else. Whether there'll be yibum for her. The question is about her herself because, as I said before, according to the Chachamim in the Pasik when it talks about this love of remarrying a grusha, it does not use the term Tumah. So maybe the mitzvah of Yibam would still apply.
Why don't you have this question about Sarasa, about the Tzara? <coughs> Why are you asking the question about this woman herself that he remarried? Why not ask about the Tzara? So the Gemara answers, and here it says the reverse of what we said before. Tzarasa like Kamibayali. Regarding the Tzara, there is no question. The Kavachaymer that we said before, so it's not strong enough to extend this Kavachaymer to say that for the Tzara as well, there's no Mitzvah of Yibum. Hello, regarding what is the question here? The question is regarding this woman herself, he was machzer her after she was a grusha. What's the halacha? Mi alam kavachaymer b'makim mitzvah. Is this kavachaymer strong enough to say, even though we're speaking over here about a brother that would have a mitzvah of yibum, but nevertheless I can say that this kavachaymer, that if she's going to be oser to her original husband that was muta to her, for sure she's oser to the brother that usually there's a concept of an iser of eshesach. So I can use this kavachaymer even though here this brother would have a mitzvah to do yibum for her. Or a kavachaymer is not a good kavachaymer here because in a case where there's a mitzvah of yibum, it's not going to push off the mitzvah of yibum. That's the question there. Amalei, so he answered him to Nisua. We learned this, and here the Gemara again brings the Braises that we brought before to prove, to answer this question. And this is going to be an answer, we'll see here in this Braise an answer, according to both versions of the question. Whether the version is, uh, of the question is about the Grusha herself that he remarried and then he passed away, whether there's Yibum for her, and also regarding the Tzara, whether there's Yibum for her. So what does it say in this Braise, as we learned before? For this uh, may actually be a Mishnah that we learned before. One of them, one of the, the, there's a, a person that passed away without children, and he had two wives. One of the wives was a Kshayra, and the other one is a Psula. So Imhaya Chaylitz, and now the brother that's coming, and he, he has an option to either do Chalitza or Yibum, so if he decides to do Chalitza, Chaylitz the Psula. He should do Chalitza for the Psula one. If he's deciding to do Yibum, Yavim He does Yibum for the Kashara one. So the Gemara explains, and here there's a repetition of the Gemara we learned before, my Kshayra, my Psula. What's the meaning of this Kshayra and Psula? In what sense is she kosher Apostle and to whom? Ilayma, Kshayra means Kshayra Alma. Kshayra means that she's kosher for anybody, meaning that she's a Miyuchesas, and she can get married even to Arkayan. And Psula means Psula Alma, that she's Apostle for anybody else, meaning over here that she's a Psula woman, not a Miyuchesas, that she can't get married to Arkayan. But the question is, how would that be relevant over here regarding this brother that's choosing to do Yibam Mechalitza? Kivan Delidideh Chazia, he is not a Kayan, he's a Yisrael, and for him, he can do Yibam with either one of them, Mainafkalamina. What difference does it make? Why are we telling him to do Chalitza with the Pasala woman and, or do Yibam with the Kashar woman? El Alav. So then, shouldn't we say, what's the Pshad over here? Kshayda means Kshayda Lay, that she is Kashar to her original husband that she was married to that passed away. And Psula means Psula Lei. And Psula means that this is a woman that was puzzled to him. Which Psula are we talking about? What's the Chiddush that it's telling me about Psula Lei? That he wasn't supposed to get remarried to her and he did. And it was puzzled to him. And what does it say here? That if he's doing Yibum, so Yibum could be done for the Kshayda. So this is the Tzara. The tzara of the machzeh grushasai, which is the psula, so for the tzara you could do yibum. So right here I see 
that for the Yotzara, Yibum could be done. Uh, so only for the uh, for the Kshayra. But for the uh, for the Grusha herself, that he got remarried to her, for her he can't do Yibum. He could only do Chalitza. So it's Paisha that part of the question. That regarding the Machze Grushasa herself, that woman, you could only do Chalitza and not Yibum. And regarding the Tzada, which is the Kshayra, with her he can do Yibum. So the Gemara answer is Lai, this is not the Pshar here. We go back to what we thought before, Kshayda la Alma, Psula la Alma. The term Kshayda means not regarding the first husband that was married to her, Kasha to him or Pasal to him. Rather, it means Kasha la Alma, Psula la Alma, that she's Kasha to get married to anybody, even to a Kayin, or Pasal to get married to a Kayin. That's what these terms mean. And this that you asked, for this brother that's doing the Yibum for him, she, she, he can get married to any of them. What difference does it make to him which one he does Chalitza or Yibum for? So the Gemara answers, because Rav Yosef tells us the following, Here Rabbi teaches us, do not spill out the water of your pit, even if you don't need it. But others could have use of it, so don't spill it. Same thing over here. If you're going to do chalitza to the one that's kshayda, so now she becomes a chalutza, and you pass her to another client to get that might want to get married to her. So therefore, if you're going to do chalitza, do it to the one that's already possible anyways that can't get married to a client. If you do yibum, you do it for the kshayda. The Gemara brings another b'raise, which we learned before as well. A person gets remarried to a grusha once she was married already. So her and the tzara have to do chalitza. So the Gemara first clarifies pshat in this b'raise. Both her and the tzara do chalitza. You only do chalitza for one of them. So is that possible? So it means either her the Grusha herself that he remarried, or the Tzara, could only do Chalitza. So here we see that he could only do Chalitza and not Yibum. Not for her and not for the Tzara. Answers the Gemara, like we said before, Didn't you have to change the wording of this Braise so we see it's not precise? So therefore, Tritz Hachi, change and read the Braise as follows. He Chalitzes, that the Grusha herself that he remarried, so for her, you could only do chalitza. But for the chalitza, you could do chalitza or yibum, and not necessarily only chalitza. Therefore, we can't be patient that there's no yibum for the tzara. Maybe we can learn this braise that there is yibum for the tzara. Okay, now the Gemara will bring up another case regarding the halachas of when the mitzvah of yibum will not apply. So we had a 15 cases or rayas and cases that were mentioned in the Mishnah in the beginning of the Masechta. And here there's another case. Omar Avlili Bar Mamal Omar Ma'ukve Omar Shmuel Tzaras Mima'enes The Tzara of a Mima'enes. So a Mima'enes, as we learned in the beginning of the Masechta and the Mishnah, is a wife that is not married Menateira. But because she's a Ketana, the only one that can marry off a Ketana is the father. But the father is not alive, or he can't marry her off. And one of the brothers is marrying her off, and Midra Bonon, it's a good marriage, but until she becomes Bas Mitzvah. When she's Bas Mitzvah, then she could reject, she could be Mimayin, she could reject this marriage. So over here, what the Gemara is speaking about is a person that was married to two wives. One of them was a regular wife, and the other one was a Mimayinus, a Katana that he married, and she's a Mimayinus. Who is she mimayin in? After her, the husband passes away. 
and now you have these two women that are here available to do yibum to them for them so the katana was now memayin in the brother she says she doesn't want yibum with him so in this case the tzara the other wife as well asura is also asur for yibum that was the halacha that shmuel said so the Gemara first explains the halacha itself. Leman, this the, the, the tzara of the mema'enes, to who is she going to be also for Yibam? Did he mean to say even for any of the other brothers? So in other words, this mema'enes was mema'en one brother that was going to go ahead and do Yibam with her, and she was mema'en of that one brother. Now you're telling me that the tzara of this wife that was mema'en will be also to any of the other brothers as well for Yibam? But why is that? Hashta he gufa even this katana herself that was memayin in one of the brothers. She can go and have yibum with any of the other brothers. And why is this? Dama Shmuel, we know that Shmuel said, Miena bozeh, she was memayin one brother, muteres bozeh, she's still allowed to go and do yibum with any of the other brothers. Only with that brother that she did miyun, so therefore the mitzvah of yibum does not apply to him, and she'll be like an ashes ach, but for the other brothers, if she did not do any miyun, she can go and do yibum with them. So tzara Needless to say that the tzara of this mema'enes could also do yibum with any of the other brothers that she was not mema'enen. Hello. So there. So therefore, what do we have to say? What's the pshat and what Shmuel said when he when he said tzaras mema'enes asura that the tzara of this katana that was mema'en is going to be asur to whom lidi day to this brother that the, the Mama'enes was Mama'en in, so now the Tzara will also be Asr to this brother. And Rashi explains, what's the Pshat that she's Asr to this brother, the Tzara, why is the Tzara Asr to this brother? Once the, the Katana is Mama'enes, she rejects, she doesn't want to have this Zika, she doesn't want to have a connection to him, so now she revokes, she rejects this Zika, this connection to this Yavam. Once that connection is revoked, so now what happens? She's just an Aishas Ach, She's a regular Eishasach, which would be Asr to get married to the Yavam, to the brother. And therefore the Tzara will be a Tzara of this Eishasach. So, it's just like we learned in the Mishnah. The Tzara of an Erva is also going to be Pater and Asr for Yivam. But Ashina clarifies that this is all only Ismid Rabbanon. Because the truth is, once she's Mimayin in this Zika, and this connection to the Yavam, what she's really being Mimayin in is, and she says, I, I'm Mimayin in the whole marriage. That's what the Kayach of Mian is about. Mimayin is that she says, since I'm still a Ketana, so I want to re- revoke, I want to get rid of this entire marriage that I had to, my, to, to the brother, to my husband that passed away. So really, once she's Mimayin, it's as if she never was a wife altogether. And if so, the Tzara should be able to be Miyabim, this, even this uh, brother that she was Mimayin. But nevertheless, Chachamon will geyser. As Rashi brings, the Gemara now is thinking that there's a in the Rabbanon, that because this Ketana did fall for Yibum here in the first place, so it looks like that she was an Eishasach, she was the wife of the brother, even though she was Mamayan, but she was Mamayan after the brother passed away. So it looks like she was an Eishasach. So now when she's Mamayan, that she's an Eishasach that's also to get married to the brother. And therefore the Tzara will be a Tzara of an Eishasach. But this is all Gzaira Midarabon. That's what the Gemara is thinking now. But the Gemara does not accept this Gzaira Midarabon. The Gemara asks on this. Now what's the difference when it comes to this Mema'enes? What do we say? That she was Mema'en in one Yavam. She said, I don't want to get married to him. But for the other brothers, 
she is allowed to go and and, and do yibum with them. The Shari Lachan, she's allowed for the other brothers. Why? of the Buhu Maisa. Because with the other brothers there was no Maisa, there was no Mion that was done regarding them. So therefore, regarding this brother that, that there was Mion done for him. So over here we say that because he was she was Mimayan in him, so therefore th there's, there's, she's not allowed to get married to him. And there's no, she's not allowed like an Eish at least with the Rabbanon. But for the other brothers, this Mion does not take effect at all. And she can go and do Mion for the other brothers. They have nothing to do with this Mion at all. If that's true, Benigea to the other brothers, if so, Tzada Nami say the same thing regarding a Tzada, <coughs> sorry, like of the Beimaisa. This Tzada, this Mion has nothing to do with her. There is this Katana that was Mamayan in the Yavam, but the Tzada, he does, she has nothing to do with this meal. Why isn't she still a regular Yavama that, she, that can go and get married to this, uh, this Yavam? Even the Yavam that the meal was done with him. So Taisus over here points out that it's different. I mean, over here, this Tzara is a Tzara of the one that did the Yibum. Uh, the Mion, that is. When it comes to the other brothers, so over there we can say that for the other brothers there was no Mion at all. And therefore, she can go and get married to the other brothers. You can do yibum with the other brothers. But when it comes over here, Benigeya too, the tzara of the katana that did miyun, so why shouldn't we say that that miyun affects the tzara as well? Just like we saw in the Mishnah. When you have an erve, that affects the tzara. So over here as well, once this, once she was memayin, so she is now at least with the Rabbanon, considered to be like an erva of Eishis Ach, and therefore it affects the tzara as well, shouldn't it? And Taisus doesn't answer, but the Karban Asanel says that it's not the same thing because really since Menatayra, when she does Mion, it removes really the whole marriage in the first place. So therefore, this is like a, 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 a Tzara of an Eishas Ach, of an Erve, which is, is, is Shaloi B'mok and Mitzvah B'chlal. She's an Erve, but there's no, it's not in a place of a Mitzvah B'chlal because now for her, for this uh, Kitana that was Memayin, there's no Mitzvah B'chlal. So if so, there's no reason that it should affect the tzara. That's the halacha by any ervish mitzvah. It doesn't affect the tzara. So over here, once she removed the whole marriage, the Gemara is not accepting any gzeda over here. It is no reason that it should affect the tzara, that she shouldn't be able to go and do yibum with any of the brothers. So therefore the Gemara says, there's actually another gzeda in the Rabbanon here. Gzeda mishum tzara The gzeda is that we don't, we don't want to come and confuse it with a case when there's a tzara of a mama enes, and the mama enes is also a daughter of the yavam. Okay, now Rashi clarifies how is that possible? How is it possible that this mama enes should be a daughter of the yavam? I mentioned before the whole concept of a mama enes is when brothers are marrying her off because the father is not alive. And over here we're saying that the yavam is her father and she got married as a katana by the brothers. By, by her brothers, that is, by this Mamanis's brothers, to the, her husband that passed away. But how did, he, how, she, how did she get married, not Menatayre, if her father's still alive? Her father would have married her off. So Rashi explains, and Rashi said this in the Mishnah already, that in a case where she had gotten married, her father married her off properly as a katana, and then her husband passed away, and now she's an Almana, she doesn't go back to her father's Rishus. Now she's independent. And here, her brothers could marry her off, even while the father is alive, as a katana, she, they can marry her off. And it's possible then that she should be a mama enes 
and her father is alive. So that's what we're talking about over here. Tsaras bitoy mimaenes, that she's a mimaenes, and she's also the daughter of the Yavam. And it's because of this case of Tsaras bitoy mimaenes that there were geyser on the Tsara of any mimaenes that there should be no Yavam. Now the Gemara explains right away, Now if you have the Tzara of the daughter of a Mamanis, that's also the daughter of the Yava, Miyasira, would, would the, this Tzara be Aser? Why are we making a Gzaira because of Tzara's Bita Mamanis? That it's for her, she herself is not Aser either. Fatnan, didn't we learn in the Mishnah, this is the first Mishnah in the Mesechte, Vikulon, and all of these 15 women that were mentioned in the Mishnah, that are Arayas, and there's no Yibum. If they passed away while their husband was still alive, or they were Mimayan in the marriage. And then the Mishnah there, as the Bachir brings, it also says, or they were divorced. So they say, So then the Tzara could go ahead and do Yibum, because the Erve was, is already gone. The Erve was, uh, in any of these ways, the Erve is not here anymore, so therefore the Tzara could go ahead and do Miyan. So the Gemara now explains what's the pshat in this Mishnah when it says that the wife was the, that that's a erve was mimayin. When are we talking about mean when the miyana beman? Who is she mimayin? Ilaim the miyana bebal is the pshat of here that while her original husband is alive, then she rejected the marriage and then her original husband. So Haina grusha isn't that the exact same thing as a grusha? What's the difference if she got divorced because her husband divorced her? Or she was the one that rejected the marriage because she's still a katana. El Alav, don't you think the Pshat and the Mishnah is? Biyavam. That it means that after her husband passed away, she was Mimayin in her Yavam. She says she doesn't want to get married to the Yavam. And what does the Mishnah say? So they say in Mutaris that when she's Mimayin in the Yavam, the Tzara could still do Yibam. So this is, a, this is a, against what Shmuel said, that there's a Gzeda over here that we're making by, tz- by the Tzara of Mimayinus, because of Tzara's Bita Mimayinus. But over here we see in the Mishnah that if, um, if, that, if, if, if she was Mimayin, the husband, she was Mimayin, not, not in the husband that is, again, she was Mimayin in the Yavam, so then the, the Tzara is going to be Mutter. Right, so that, that's even been to any of the Arayas that the Mishnah spoke about, including Tzara's Bitoi Mimayinus, this Bitoi, one of the Arayas. And she was Mimayin, so now the Tzara could go and get married, could, could, could go and do Yibum. So why would there be any Gzaira because of Tzara's Bitoi Mimayinus? So the Gemara answer is Loi. No, the Pshara is like we thought in the beginning, Loi Lom Bebal. That we're talking about a case where this Erve, that, or let's say Bitoi, any of the other Arayas, she was Mimayin, in her husband's lifetime, the first husband's lifetime. And then we're saying that the Tzara is mutter to go and do Yibum. The Mishnah is mentioning two scenarios that are sort of Gedishin. You have the regular Gedishin, where a husband divorces his wife, and then regarding a Katana, you have when she could reject the marriage. But it, what it, it's only talking about when she rejected, when she was Mimayin, when the husband was alive. But if she was Mimayin afterwards, then the, the, it would, the Tzara would still be Aser to do Yibum. So the Gemara now asks on this, why should there be any difference if she did the Miyum before or after? What's the difference? If when her first husband was still alive and she rejected the whole marriage, so she uprooted the whole marriage. And therefore, what do I say? So she, she, she's, she's the Erva here. And she would stop the whole mitzvah of Yibum. But she already revoked the whole marriage. And therefore, the Tzara later, when, if the husband dies, could go ahead and do Yibum. 
That's if she was mind before. So why don't you say the same thing? If even after her first husband passed away and now she's mind in the Yavam and she doesn't want to have this um, um, this yibum, she doesn't want to have this connection anymore to this marriage. So Nami, what re- what's really happening is nisuhun kamoyikakra. Her her mion is by the fact that she's saying that she wants to remove the entire original marriage. That's what the mion is. So why are we making a distinction between the time of her mion, whether the mion was when her first husband was alive or the mion was after? And if the mion was before. And the tzara can do yibum. If the mian was after, then the tzara cannot do yibum. Why should there be any difference? So the Gemara answers basically a, a, a Gemara will bring here something which is going to be based on the concept of marasayin. Shom the Tani Rami Bayecheskel because of what Rami Bayecheskel said about a similar case, a similar halacha that is the Tani Rami Bayecheskel mianabebal that if this ketana was memayin in her husband. So then she's allowed to go get married to her to the, her husband's father because if she was Mamayan in his lifetime, so it's clear that she really was never married to him. The whole marriage was, was the Rabbanon allowed the brothers to marry her off and then she rejected the whole marriage. She was never married to him. But if her first husband her, the, that she was married to passed away, and now, after he passes away, now she's only rejecting the marriage because of the Yavam. So then then she will be asked to have a relation with the father. And the reason is because in such a case, we see that it, the Marasayan is, it looks like that she was married to her husband. She was married to him. She never revoked the marriage in the lifetime. After he passes away, she's now trying to reject the marriage of the because of the Yavam. So in such a case, it looks like it's that that, that this was his his daughter-in-law. She, she was married to his uh, to his son. So therefore, in such a case, I say that she can't go get married to the father of her husband. So Alma, what I see from this is Mishas Nefila from the time when her husband passed away and she fell for Yibum. She was here now supposed to do Yibum. Niris Kekalasa, even if she's going to reject the marriage at that point, it's too late. She's rejecting it after her husband passed away. So she now looks like the, this, the daughter-in-law of the father here. And therefore she can't ever go get married to the father. So this is a concept of Marasayim basically. So over here as well, If she's only rejecting the marriage after the brother passed away, after her original husband passed away, so then she does look like that she was married to him and she is a, a uh, she's the tzara's so bitoy, is uh, the tzara of her that she was supposed to do Yibum and she decided now afterwards not she, that she's not going to do Yibum but because she already was originally here in this mitzvah of Yibum and she only revoked it afterwards so the second wife, the Tzara, looks like Tzara's Bittay and therefore the din of the Mishnah of Tzara's Bittay this potter from Yibum would apply if this Bittay, again it's the Bittay of the, of the brother that has to do Yibum now if this Bittay would revoke the marriage from before already so the Tzara is not Tzara's Bittay it's clear that she already removed the whole marriage from before but if she's only revoking the marriage afterwards it looks like that she was a, a Bittay uh, erve that was supposed to be here for the Yivum and therefore because of her there's not going to be no Yivum because uh, she's an erva of Bittay not for her and not for the Tzara as well that's the distinction. And therefore, there's a that just like by a Mema'enes, which is Bitoi, that the Tzara cannot do Yibum, they made a on every Mema'enes that there shouldn't be any Yibum.
Not for her and not for the, uh, there's no Yibam for her, she was Mimayanis, and, and not for the Tzara either. The Gemara brings yet another halacha regarding a case where there's no Yibam. Amar Avasti Ravasti said, Tzara's Eilinus. The Tzara of an Eilinus, Eilinus is a woman that can't give birth, Rashi says, the term Eilinus is from the Loshan Eil Zachar, which means a ram, which is a, a male that, can't, that doesn't give birth. So in a Tzara, of an islandess. So this means a man was married to two women. One was an islandess that can't give birth and the other one could. So the tzara of this islandess, after the husband passes away with no children, asura is also asur to do yibum. Shenemar, because how do we know that for an islandess herself there's no yibum? The Pasik says, that when the b'chayr, the firstborn, is going to be born after you do Yibum. So you give, and it says in the continuation of the Pasik, you give the name for the brother that passed away. So it says, Ashatelet, that he's going to give birth. Prat la But an islandess that cannot give birth, there's no mitzvah of Yibum. So if there's no Yibum, so then she's just Ashes Och, which is an erva of Kadis. And therefore, for the Tzara as well, there's an there's a erva of Ashes Och, and there's no Yibum. So this the Gemara asks, most of Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes asks the question, the Mishnah says, if there are three brothers, Nisuin, that are married, they're married each to a different wife that have no relation to one another. And one of the brothers passed away, and the second brother went and did not do Yibum or Chalitza, to the Yavama, like he usually would, but rather he did Maimer. What's Maimer? So this is something we'll, that we will learn in Metzashem Ba'arichas about later in the Mesechta, which is that the Chachamim Womesakin, that before you do the Yibum in Atayra, which is the actual relation between the uh, Yavama and the Yavama, there's Maimer, which is just like what's or usually the Kedushin by a regular Ishvi Isha. And even though by a Yavama in Atayra there is no Kedushin, but Chachamim Wormesakin, what they, they called it Maimer, that there's a stage of Kiddushin where he gives her a ring just like a regular Kiddushin, and that's the, the, what Maimer over here means. So he also Bosheni Maimer. The second brother that's doing, instead of doing Yibum, he did not do the full Yibum yet. All he did was Maimer, which is a connection between them, a Kiddushin Midrabonon. And then Umais, another second brother, passes away, and he has a wife that he was married to. And in addition, there's this wife that was the first brother's wife, and now he did maimer in her. He did a like a drabban on the marriage with her. So what's so what's the din now? Both of his wives of this second brother that just passed away can only do chalitze and not yibum. Why? Why can't you do yibum here? Shenemar, because the pasuk says umeis echad mehem yivame yavayaleha that one of the brothers died, so then the Yavama gets married to a brother. So what do we learn from here? When does the Yivam apply? When the Yibum is from a wife of one brother. But not when there's a Zika of a wife that's from two brothers. And over here, this is a case where there's a Zika, there's a Yibum for two brothers. Why is there a Yibum for two brothers? This woman that was married to the first brother and now there was a Maimer, there was a Kedushim with the Rabbanon done with the second brother. She is connected to the first and second brother because since she's the wife of the first brother, so, so she's still, she, she's, you have to do Yibim for the first brother. Even though the second brother already did Kedushim, that's only a Kedushim with the Rabbanon. 
So essentially, the yibum over here that has to be done by now the third brother is only a yibum for the first brother. But Me'edirabonon, the second brother already made a Kedushin in her, so there is already a certain connection to the second brother. And therefore, this is going to be a yibum also for the second brother. So this woman, the original Zika from the first brother is not completely severed. And there is also a connection through the Mimer to the second brother. So it comes out that at least with the Rabbanon, there is over here, a, 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 there would be a Yibum here for this woman for two brothers. And therefore we learn from this Pasuk that there's no Yibum for a Yivama that's connected to two brothers. As Rashi explains that this is not a real drasha, because we're speaking of here about Maimer, which is a Kedushin with the Rabbanon. Minat this Maimer has no effect, and this woman is still just a Yivama from the first brother alone. So therefore, Minat there should be no reason why you can't do Yibum. But with the Rabbanon, they were Masakin and they were Geyser in this case, that she's considered to be connected to both brothers, and therefore there is no Yibum over here. Okay, but they both have to do Chalitza. And the reason why you have to do chalitza, and they both have to do chalitza, is because really, essentially, Menatera, the, the, the two wives here, are not from the same brother, from one brother. Usually, if you have two wives of one brother, you don't do chalitza for two wives. You only do chalitza once. But over here, the, 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 the one that the second brother only did maimer for is really still the Yivama from the first brother. So you have to do chalitza for her. And then you have to do chalitza for the wife of the second brother. So you have to do chalitza for both of them. That's what it says here in this Mishnah. Now on this, Amr Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef said that this is a unique halacha. Over here you have a case of the tzara of Eishes Ach, and the halacha of Eishes Ach is always from the father, that the, the brother from the father. That just by the fact that the first brother that was married to her passed away, that's Gairim, that she should be Yasser, and also the Tzara will be Yasser. In other words, what Rav Yasef is saying is that usually by Yibum, there's no Yisr of Ach. There's the Mitzvah of Yibum. And therefore, you can do Yibum on this wife, on the Tzara, on either one of the wives. Over here you have a case that this is a woman that was totally mutter to the first brother, totally mutter to the second brother, totally mutter to the third brother. There is no Erev involved over here. There's only the Isra of Eishas Ach that would be, which usually doesn't apply in the case of Yibum. But because Midrabanan, we consider her to be connected to two brothers, so therefore it's like she's a Yavama from two from two Yuvamin that, that, that comes, that Zika Shnei Yuvamin, as the Gemara before said. So therefore, just being an Eishas Ach with no additional Isra, there's a Gzairim that you should not do Yibum, not for her, and not for the Tzara either. So this is a unique thing. You don't find anywhere else in the Tzara that there should be anything similar to this. So that this is the statement of Rav Yosef. And Rav Yosef is telling you, we only find this over here by this case, that there's only, this is, she's a Eishasach, there's no additional Erevi here, but nevertheless, because it is Gzairim with Rabbanon, she doesn't do Yibum, and the Tzara doesn't do Yibum either. So now the Gemara says, seemingly this language of Yosef used, used, that is, Zuhi comes to exclude something. Zuhi, Lemutemai, what is he coming to exclude? Love, don't you think? Lemutetzaris Islandess. Shouldn't we say that this is coming to exclude the case that Rav Asi said before, the Tzara of an Islandess, the Sharia, that the Tzara of an Islandess will be allowed to do Yibum? 
Because an islandess, as the Taisus explains, is similar to this case. So this is probably what he came to exclude. Why is islandess similar to this case? Because an islandess is also a woman where there's no additional erve here. She's simply a brother, a, a, again, she's simply a shisach, a wife of the brother, and Elama, she can't have children. But so there's no additional iser over here. And yet, Ravasi said that it's Sada. Of this islandess, there'll be no yubum for either. But, what, uh, what the Gemara is saying is, it seems like that we're coming to be Mimayit, no, Zuhi, that Minigaya too, a Tzada of the islandness, there will be even for the Tzada. Because this, this, the, the, the only cases, like Rav Yosef said, is before Minigaya to that case which was Exedim and Rabbanon, but not regarding Tzada's islandness. The Sharian of here by Tzada's islandness, the Tzada of the islandness will be an out. So the Gemara answers, like, that's not what it's coming to exclude. Lumute tzadis islandis da asira. By the tzad of islandis, it will be aser, just like this case that we said over here, that it's aser when you have this case where this woman, which is connected to two brothers, and therefore it's aser for her and also for the tzad to do yibum. Over here as well, the tzadis islandis it will be aser. Umay zuhi. So when it says over here zuhi, so wh- wh- how is it an exclusion? If both over there it's aser. And over here as well, by Tzadah's islandess, it's Asa. So we do have another case where you see that the, uh, the Tzadah will be Asa, even though there's no other erva here. It's just an islandess. So the Gemara answers is a difference. The, the Miyat is as follows. Zuhi the Isra Nefile Garamla. That over here, by the case that we spoke about before, this woman that's connected to two brothers, and therefore there's no Yibum. So the Isra Nefila, the very fact that she falls for Yibum and she's connected to two brothers, so that's Gairim, that what? That Sarasa boy Chalitza. That now, that she and the Tzara will need only Chalitza. And no Yibum, but yet they will need Chalitza. By islandess, when it comes to the Tzara of an islandess, I feel a Chalitza like boy. In such a case, so you don't need even Chalitza either. So the Isra over here is even stronger that you don't need anything. Not Chalitza and not Yibam and not Chalitza either. So that's, that's the exclusion. Before, when Rav Yasef said Zuhi, this is one case where you see that Rabbanan were geyser, that there's no Arvi here, but nevertheless that Tzara can't do any Yibam, but he does need Chalitza. That excludes our case of Tzara's islandness, that because the, the one wife is an islandess, that Tzara doesn't have to do not Yibam and not Chalitza. So the Gemara explains the difference. My time, eh? what's the reason for the difference? The case of an islandist that can't do Yibum, that's a limit from a Pasuk Menatayda that you can't do Yibum. So therefore, if Menatayda, the islandist can't do Yibum, so she's an Eshesach, she's an Erva, Kodesh Eshesach, so therefore the Tzara, which is the Tzara of this Erva, can't do Yibum either. And and over here, this case that we spoke about before, this woman that Midrabanan is connected to two of the brothers, to the first brother and to the second brother, only through Maimer, which is a Kedusha Midrabanan. So since it's only Midrabanan, so therefore she's not going to be able to do Yibum, but Chalitza you still have to do. Gemara now brings from the, again back from our Mishnah in the beginning of the Mesechta and asks on the Alocha that Ravasi said, Tanan, it's said in the Mishnah of Ekulon, and all of these 15 Arayis and Mesu, a Mianoin is Garshu, if any of them died, or did Mion, or were divorced, Aishanimtsu Islandis, or they were found to be an Islandis, so they say in Mutaris, Bitsara is allowed to do Yibum. So this is a very clear Mishnah. Mamish Befetish, the Mishnah says that the Tsara of an Islandis, there is Yibum for. So how could the Ravasi say Tsara's Islandis? Is also there's no yibum and there's no chalitza. So the Gemara answers like Kashia, This is not at all a question because it depends on what under what conditions they got married. Kan shehikirba. 
Over here, Rav Asi was talking about an islandist that was married to her husband. He was aware of the fact that she's an islandist and he married her anyways. So it was a legitimate Kedushin. And therefore, now when he passes away, for the islandist there's no Yibum and she's an Eishasach. So therefore for the Tzara there also isn't. But Khan in the Mishnah, when it says that if you're the Tzara of an islandist, the Tzara could do Yibum, it's when the husband that got married to her, the one that passed away, and originally he didn't even realize Bakhlal that she was an island. He only found out afterwards. So the whole marriage was not even legitimate. It was all a mekhtos, uh, the whole thing. In such a case, we say, so then the islandess could go, it was never married. So she's not disturbing this whole mitzvah of Yibum here. And the Tzara can go ahead and do Yibum. And the Gemara now proves this. Nami, I'll prove it to you from the Lashon of the Mishnah. Dektani Shenimtsu. The Mishnah says that they were found to be an islandess. Shenimtsu was discovered later. That's what it means. It doesn't say that she was. We always knew that she was an islandess. It was something that was discovered later. Then we said that the whole Kedushan was a Mekah Tos. And therefore this islandess does not disturb the mitzvah of Yibum. Okay. And now following all of these different scenarios the Gemara brought here. So first the Gemara is going to bring the Rava argues over here on Ravasi. And then the Gemara will also bring the final halacha regarding these cases that Rabbi Yechenen said. Let's see. Omarava Sarava said, Hilcha said, the halacha is that Tzara's islandess muteres. That the Tzara of an islandess is going to be muter to do Yibam. The fact, and, and the Gemara explains right away, Vafila And that is, even if the marriage of the islandess was a legitimate marriage, the first husband knew that she was an islandess, but nevertheless, the fact that for the islandess there's no Yibam, does not pater the Tzara from Yibam. And not only that, he says, And even if this islandess was also an erva here, an erva to the Yavam, it's his daughter, or any of the other Arayis, nevertheless, the fact that this islandess is a daughter, and she's an erva, and usually the tzara of an erva there's no yibum for, but over here, the fact that she's an islandess does not in any way interfere with the mitzvah of yibum for the tzara. And now she explains that the reason over here is because the whole concept, that the erve takes away the mitzvah of Yibum for herself and even for the tzara is when you have an erve b'mokim mitzvah, when there was a mitzvah of Yibum here. But regarding an islandess, Rava disagrees with Arvasi. Rava says this islandess is not, there was no mitzvah of Yibum in the first place. It's not considered to be b'mokim mitzvah at all. So therefore, it doesn't at all interfere with the, with the Yibum of the tzara and the, the tzara can go ahead and do yibum, even if the uh, uh, islandess is also an erve, it doesn't, there's no connection between them. She's l'chatchil and not shaykh to the whole mitzvah of yibum altogether. Now the Gemara goes back to the Mishnah. So what is the pshat in the Mishnah where it said shenimtsu? Only if it was discovered later that she's an islandess, then I say that the tzara could go ahead and do yibum because the whole condition was a mekachtos. But as we were medayik, it's mashma that if it was known before that she's an islandess, it was a legitimate marriage, then there's no yibum for the tzara. So the Gemara says, according to Ravet, ni shahoyu. You're going to have to say in the Mishnah, not shenimtsu, but shahoyu, that even if it was known from before that she's an islandess, still it does not affect the status of the tzara. The tzara could go ahead and do yibum. Now the Gemara brings from Rabbi Yechenen regarding the various halachas that we said before. When it comes to the tzara of the Memaenes. And the Gemara before said that there was a gzeire that there should be no yibum for this tzara. And the case of a tzara of an islandess which we're just speaking about. And the tzara of a person that went and got married to his grusha when he wasn't allowed. That was what we spoke about in the beginning today. 
Kulan mutares. All of them are allowed to do yibum. So he disagrees with the conclusions in the Gemara that we had before that Allah is that in all of these cases you are allowed to do yibum. Now the Gemara continues with a new Allah, and this is going to be related to another part of a statement that we had in the continuation of the Mishnah, in the beginning of the Masechta. But first, the Gemara brings a statement from one of the Amiraim, and then, based on this, it will ask on the Mishnah. Upon Rav Beva Kameh Rav Nachman, Rav Beva taught in front of Nachman, Rav Nachman, the following Allah, Shalosh Noshim Misham Shez B'Moich. There are three women that are allowed to have marital relations, even using a cloth in that place, which prevents pregnancy. Even though usually this is not allowed, this is Zerah Levatola, but nevertheless, over here, in three situations, it is allowed. Kitana, a girl that's a katana, and, the, and it could be a danger for her if she becomes pregnant. The Gemara will explain, we'll see here. Meoberes, a woman that's already pregnant. Uminika, and a woman that is nursing a baby. And the Gemara explains. Kitana, for a katana, the reason why it's allowed, Shema Tisaber, because she may become pregnant. Vishema Thomas, and then because she's so young, she may die. So it's dangerous for her. So therefore it's allowed. Meoberes, for a pregnant woman. Shema Tasa Ubrasandal, this in the marital relations, and then causing for that to be a secondary pregnancy could cause the, the baby of the first pregnancy to be deformed. The face should be deformed. That's what Rashi says, Sandal means. That's Rashi's Pshat. Taisa says it's in a case, one of the Pshatim and Taisvis, in a case where there are twins, it can be an issue. But uh, I mean, even though Taisa brings the Gemara Nidis says that usually this is not an issue at all. But to hear the Gemara says that in cases where it could be an issue, so therefore it's allowed. And finally, Minika, a nursing mother, also is allowed to put a cloth. Shema Tigmoil Bena, because then if she becomes pregnant now, so now her son that she's nursing will not have any mother, milk from her mother to nurse from, because after she's pregnant there no, won't be proper milk. Viyamos, and he could pass away. Now, they continue, he says, Rabbi continues and says, Ezi Kitano, who is this Kitano that we're speaking about? That is allowed to be Mishamash Bemoich, Mibas Yud Alef Shona, Vyemechod, Ad Yud Beshona, Vyemechod. From the age of 11 years old in a day to 12 year old, year old in a day. Pachas Mikan, younger than this, Vyeser Al Kain, or older than this, Mishameshes Kedarka Vailechas. She can have regular relations with in, in not using any Moich, any cloth. Reason is because younger than this age, there's no danger that she'll get pregnant, and older than this age, she can become pregnant, and there's no danger that she would die. Devre Rab Meir, this is Rab Meir's opinion. The Chachamim say, Achazu, Achazu, Mishameshes, Kedarke, Voileches. Either way, she could have relations regularly, even if, whether she's below this age, above this age, even in the age from 11 and to 12, she has relations normally. Voileches, again, Kedarke, Voileches, that is, Umina Shemayim Yirachamu. And the Eibishter will have mercy that everything should be okay. Mishum Shanema, the Pasik says, Shoimer Psoyim Hashem. Hashem guards those that are simple, that don't know how to guard themselves. So what do we see over here? Now the Gemara comes back based on this to ask a question on one of the things that it said in the Mishnah in the beginning of the Masechta. Midakomar, not said over here, Shemotis Abrev, Shemotomus. That in this age, between 11 and 12, there's a danger. That one year, maybe she could become pregnant. And if she becomes pregnant, maybe she would die. Miklal, what does this mean? We can see from this, It is a possibility that she would become pregnant in this young age, and she would not pass away. It's only a maybe, Shema, maybe she would pass away. 
If so, now the question is, what's one of the things that it said in the Mishnah? In the Mishnah, in connection to what we brought before, the Mishnah spoke about Mion, a katana that was Memayan, that then the Tzara could go and do Yibum. Even if the uh, katana was a erva, but since she was memayin, the tzaddik could do me, it could, could do a yibum. That's what the Mishnah said. Then the Mishnah said, You can't say regarding the arayas of the Mishnah that was speaking about the mother-in-law or the mother's mother-in-law and so on. You can't talk about meun regarding them. Why not? Because if it's his mother-in-law, that means she gave birth to children. How could you say she gave birth when she was a katana? If she was Mamayan, she could only be Mamayan as a katana. How could you say that she gave birth as a katana? That's the point of what the Mishnah is saying. But the question now is, based on what Rav Beva here is quoting from Abraisa, in Cain, if so, Matsinu Chamaisa Mimenes, it comes out that we have over here a case of a mother in law that could have given birth as a katana and then afterwards she was Mimayan. So, why is our Mishnah saying that there's no Mion for a katana? Otnan, in the Mishnah, it said, You can't say regarding a mother in law mother-in-law's mother or the father-in-law's mother that, there's a, that, that, that she, she was Mimayan. Why? So the, the reason would be because if she was Mamayan and she was a Katana, how would she give birth? But over here, what do we say? That she could give birth and it's possible that she won't die. Even though it's a Shema Thomas. Maybe she could die when you have a, a pregnancy at such a young age, but maybe not. So the Gemara says, you're right, you're going to have to change the language of this Braise here. Eimo Shema Tesabe Vitomos. The reason why it's allowed to be Meshamash B'moich is because she'll be pregnant and die. If she becomes pregnant, she will die. At that age, you can't give birth. Rabbi Barlivoy said that this is something which is very clear. Gvul Yeshla. There's a very specific limitation. It's very clearly defined the different ages over here of a girl. Before this age of 11, she will not become pregnant. Within this year from 11 to 12, he may saw she will pass away if she becomes pregnant. And the, the, the fetus will pass away as well. Above the age of 12, she will live and the Uber will live as well. So therefore we see that it's very clear that Thomas and that's why our Mishnah said that you can't have a mother-in-law that was Mema'enes and that she gave birth before when she was a Katana. The Gemara asks him this, any is this true? But Vatani Rabbi Bashmol, Rabbi Bashmol said, and then what it says in the Braise, you can't say regarding a mother-in-law, a mother-in-law's mother or a father-in-law's mother, you can't say that any of them were memayin, that they rejected the marriage as a katana, why not? Because they already gave birth. So why does the Braise use this expression, that they already gave birth? If the point over here is that they could only give birth as a gedoyla, so the Nashi over here should say, Shekvar Godlu, right? That they already are Gedolim. Why does he use the term Shekvar Yoldu? <clears throat> so we see that we're talking about over here that there's still a Katana. And it's saying in the Braise, Shekvar Yoldu. Ella, therefore the Gemara answers, Lo'olam Shema Tisaber V'Shema Tomos. Really, they could give birth, as it says in the, over here in the Braise, uh, that Shekvar Yoldu, that they could give birth even when they are a Katana. Like we said before, only Shema Thomas, but it's possible they should give birth. Hello, Kashiach. So if so, the question over here is that if they could give birth 
even as a Kitano. So then why are we saying in the Mishnah that there's no Mimayanes over here? Maybe the mother-in-law gave birth and then after birth she was Mimayan. Once you had children, so then this is like simonim. Simonim means the simon of being a gedoyla. Once you have simonim of being a gedoyla, which is usually shtei sad, is two hairs in that area. So that's a simon that she's a gedoyla, and after that there's no mian. Having children is equivalent to simonim, and therefore there's no mian after children. So yes, the pshat in our mission is, you could give birth, it's possible to give birth in that year from 11 to 12 as a katana, but nevertheless, there'll be no mion because after that there is no mion. It's like simonim. Vistamri, some took this even further, bonim adifim is simonim. Having children is actually even better than simonim that you're a gedayla. So Gemara explains, what difference does it make if we say that it's equivalent to, to, to simonim that is, or it's even stronger than children? So the difference is that even according to Rabbi Yehuda that says regarding the simon that there is regarding hairs, that the hairs have to grow to such an extent that it's, the area becomes black from the hair, and but it's not enough just to have two hairs. But regarding children, it'll be maida that as soon as you have children, that's the best simon in the world that she's a gedayil already, and you can't do mian after that. Okay, we'll stop over here. You know, you know what? Let's go just a little, a little bit further until the two dots to finish off the Indian here. So, the Gemara, Rav Zvid says a bit differently. You can't have birth, you can't give birth to children without there being simonim, that there were here, that she was a Gedaila. So, we know that there were simonim there. Not that the banim are the simonim, but if there are banim, you know that there was simonim as well. That's the Pshad, Vinivdaik. Let's inspect and see if there were any simonim. It's possible that the simanim that were there, the hairs that were there, fell out. So even if you don't find them, it doesn't mean that there weren't. If she gave birth, there must be that she had simanim, that she's a gadayil already. There is an opinion that says, there's a mandama that says that we are concerned about this, that hairs fall out even if you don't see it. But there's another opinion that says that we're not concerned about this, and if we don't see, we know that there was no simanim there, Michael and so why don't we just inspect to see if there's hairs there or not? Even the one that says that usually we're not concerned that there were hairs there if we don't see, but if we hear that she gave birth and all the pain and everything that goes on with the birth, it is possible that the wehers and they fell out and therefore we could say if she gave birth for sure she had simonim and that's the reason why there's no meon after this and that's the Pshad of the Mishnah, that a mother-in-law that gave birth for sure there can't be any meon following this.